Welcome back to Squared Sports Podcast. On those this podcast lane, Frank, we're now episode 98. It's from 98 episodes through, and I got action-packed episode playing for you. Michigan on the Paul Bunyan Trophy back. I got him right here with me. We're going to keep him with us the whole entire episode. We're going to be doing some screaming on Mel Tucker. We're going to have a lot more NFL breakdown, NBA breakdown, so much more. Stay tuned for this action-packed episode 98. Stay tuned. Let's start out episode 98, how we always do with the headlines in the NBA. First topic in the NBA, Brooklyn Nets head coach Steve Nash gets the boot just three years into the job. Let's break it down. Year one, Steve Nash has a pretty good roster. They pick up James Harden. They probably would have made the conference championship. They probably would have made the finals if James Harden stayed healthy. If Kevin Durant didn't have his fun line, if Kyrie Irving didn't get hurt in Milwaukee, they'd probably end up winning the finals that year, at least making the finals, because they probably would have beat the Milwaukee Bucks, beat down the Hawks, whoever it might have been, and then the Suns in the finals. But that's just hypothetical. Last season, obviously, was just a roller coaster for them last season. KD getting hurt, the Harden trade, the Kyrie drama, not even playing at all. Now this season, you know, Kevin Durant says before the season, I want Steve Nash to Sean Marks gone. Josiah says, no, 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 that's not happening. Kevin Durant says, okay, I'll come back. With Steve Nash, with Sean Marks. It's kind of the boiling point. For Steve Nash right here, gets ejected. His first ejection in the NBA. It's pretty bad. Just tension with Kyrie. A lot of stuff going on there. Brooklyn Nets, it seemed like the perfect storm for them. Steve Nash gets the boot after three years with the Brooklyn Nets into year three. They hired Emo Doc. At least, I think they're going to hire Emo Doc. I think they're finalizing it right now. That's going to be interesting because he's not going to be suspended anymore because the suspension was handed out by the Celtics. Not necessarily the NBA. So that means Imo Odaka is going to lead this Nets team. They're really familiar with him when he was their assistant coach in that 2021 NBA season. So it's going to be awesome to see right here, which you have to win and see. But Steve Nash out three years into the job, the Brooklyn Nets. Imo Odaka just talked about him. He's going to be the next head coach of the Brooklyn Nets in my eyes. The Golden State Warriors, three and four right now. Big game tonight against the Miami Heat, the town that's recording. You know, a little bit bumps in the road. You lost to the Rockets, but you also get the win on opening night against the Lakers. Not too much cause for concern right there for me, the Golden State Warriors. For another team, though, the Los Angeles Lakers, there's a lot of cause for concern. One in five. One in five at the time of this recording. It would have been 0 oh and five, but it's one in five right now. They're bringing Russell Westbrook off the bench, which could work out so well for them, leading that second unit. Leading that second unit, they put him in the end of the game. We're just going to have to wait and see how that goes. But um, it's going to be awesome to see right here. LeBron James and the Lakers, can they get things going? That's the question of the day right there. Can they get things going? Anthony Davis needs to get things going. LeBron James. The shooting isn't there. Andy Davis can't shoot the ball right now. LeBron's struggling shooting the ball. They picked up some three-point shears. Matt Ryan, not the quarterback for the Colts, the NBA player. They're, he's supposed to be their sharpshooter. Hasn't done much this season. They need help right now. Miles Turner says, I'm open to the idea of going to the Los Angeles Lakers. Don't get how he's allowed to say that, but um, interesting stuff right there, in my opinion, with Los Angeles Lakers. Listen more to the NFL. We had a boatload of news this week. The deadline was today. What a deadline we had. Bradley Chubb getting traded over to the Miami Dolphins. Roquan Smith. Getting traded over to the Ravens. What a pickup there. Mike McDonald, my Michigan guy, gets his linebacker. He's already got David Ojabo. He's already got Tyus Bowser. He's already got a great defense, Marcus Peters. This is going to add to that defense. He's going to be his star player like there was at Michigan last season. He had David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson at Michigan last season. Now he gets Roquan Smith-Telpa's defense. Probably be his best defense player. Great pickup right there. But Baltimore Ravens didn't have to give up that much. Good move by both sides, in my opinion. Matt Eberflus, your defense, you give up your best player, Roquan Smith. TJ Hawkinson got traded over to the Minnesota Vikings. I don't get this move. 
really for either teams, because Minnesota Vikings already have their game plan going. They have Irv Smith. They get their Titans involved. They get Jack Conklin involved. They get Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson involved. But now adding another pass catcher in there, TJ Hawkinson. And for the Lions, you really want to see TJ Hawkinson playing him twice a year for the next 10 years? I don't get that that much right there. TJ Hawkinson gets straight over to the Minnesota Vikings. Another player dealt the deadline, Chase Claypool. Now, if you're a Chase Claypool fan, you're saying, oh, the Bears just got a top three wide receiver. If you're a logical fan, you're saying, the Bears just got a vertical threat who isn't so good at running routes. Chase Claypool says, I'm a top three wide receiver. Chase Claypool is not a top three wide receiver. He's not even a top 10 wide receiver, not top 15. Probably not top 25, the way he's played the season. Yes, Kenny Pig has been his quarterback, but now you're going to Justin Fields. Not the big of a jump, in my opinion. We're just going to have to wait and see. But if Justin Fields, good move, gets a vertical threat, Chase Claypool. If you give him a jump ball, he's probably going to end up catching it, but who knows? Can he run that route correctly? Can he get off TikTok? Can the distractions not be there? That's where we're going to have to wait and see with Chase Claypool. Moving on, Chicago Bears. The Baltimore Ravens, though, on Thursday Night Football, without Roquan Smith, without all these moves, had a great game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I said they'd win that game. Lamar Jackson, amazing quarterback. Great game right there. Lamar Jackson, amazing quarterback. I got a hot take coming up by him later. In my top five, top five NFL hot takes to come up later. Lamar Jackson, just amazing, everybody. Dallas Cowboys, that offense, whew, 49 points. Even that defense, Michael Parsons, what a play. Justin Fields made the dumbest play in NFL history, hurtling over Michael Parsons. When all he had to do was lay a pinky on Michael Parsons, and the play's dead. Nothing else. Mike Parsons doesn't get tackled by Justin Fields. I even get touched on by Justin Fields. And then Mike Parsons runs in for a touchdown. Gets a defense score for this Dallas Cowboy defense. Defense struggles were there a little bit outside of that play. But uh, overall, great game for the Dallas Cowboys, for their division rivals, my New York Giants. Tough stuff right there. Losing to Seattle Seahawks, who I think are an amazing team. 5-3 and three Seattle Seahawks, 6-2 and two New York Giants. I don't think... It's where the wheels fall off the Giants. I think that still might be to come. Thanksgiving against Cowboys. That's where maybe we could say the wheels are coming off. But um, Giants, 6-2. and two, Tough stuff right there. I really wish we could have got 7-1. and one. That pretty much solidifies your spot in the playoffs. But you still got, I think, two easy games against the Commanders. You got like, two games against the Eagles. You still got a game left against the Cowboys. You got a game left against the Texans. Colts, not so worried about this Giants team, in my eyes. Denver Broncos go over to London, and they got a good win. It seems shaky at first because Russell Wilson was playing terrible. Trevor Lawrence is balling out. Then the defense steps up. This is amazing defense. But why did you get rid of Bradley Chubb? That's what I don't understand right there. Happened last year. You're, I think you were sitting at 4-3 and three last year, and you gave up Von Miller. Just what are you doing right there? Doesn't I don't get it right here. I don't get it. They're giving up Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins for a first-round pick. What are you going to do with that first-round pick? Because Bradley Chubb's a generational talent. I don't know if that first-round pick you're getting is going to be a generational talent like Bradley Chubb because we can never know. That's my take right there. And that's going to be a high first-round pick. We never know. That's my take on Bradley Chubb, Denver Broncos. New Orleans Saints, everybody. I said they would beat the Las Vegas Raiders, and they crushed them. 24-0. Daniel Carlson, my kicker, got me zero points. He didn't even make an attempt. Derek Carr, if you can't even get your team in the field goal range, you are not a good quarterback. I hate all of the Derek Carr Hall of Fame talk. It comes up every, every once a year, I'd say. Devontae Adams said this summer, Derek Carr is a Hall of Fame quarterback. A Hall of Fame quarterback with zero wins in the playoffs. Zero playoff wins. They probably wouldn't want a playoff game in 2017 if Derek Carr doesn't break his leg, but um, that's tough stuff right there. But Las Vegas Raiders, what do you think? Las Vegas Raiders are overrated or not? Leave your answer in the comment section. Patriots trounced on the Jets on Sunday. Zach Wilson, we all knew that he has been playing pretty poorly, relying on Brees Hall, relying on that defense. Well, they all came together on Sunday, losing to New England Patriots. Mac Jones, what are you doing? Struggles are still there. Patriots, what are you going to do with that quarterback position? We're going to have to wait and see. Eagles, 
Still rolling, undefeated on the season. Great game there. The Bills won on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. You know, I really thought this game would have been more competitive. I still thought the Bills would win. But Aaron Jones, they can't run the ball through him. I think Aaron Jones is their best offensive weapon. I mean, you could say Aaron Rodgers, but he's their quarterback. They need to utilize Aaron Jones better. Aaron Jones, friend of the show, need to utilize him better on this team. He's their best offensive weapon. Get him in to the passing game more, running game more. You just got to utilize your best players. Matt LaFour is not doing that right now, and that's why they got killed on Sunday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. The Browns, everybody, I did not see this coming. They pounced on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Joe Mixon, 27 yards. Joe Burrow, not too many yards. Got me like virtually no fancy points. Jacoby Brissett, I already said that. If you need him to play four games, he'll be good for you. I'm sorry for saying that, Jacoby Brissett. You played pretty well on Sunday. Yes, you still have some bad games against the Ravens, some bad games against the Patriots, a couple other teams, but I applaud you right there. Jacoby Brissett, good game on Sunday, on Monday Night Football against Cincinnati Bengals. The San Francisco 49ers and Christian McCaffrey, what deal that's looking like if he can stay healthy. Three touchdowns, passing, rushing, receiving, put him at the offensive line, put him at the defensive line, put him at kicker, put him at special teams, doesn't matter. Christian McCaffrey will dead, get it done. Swiss Army Knife, who you always see there, Christian McCaffrey is that guy. Gets the receiving touchdown, gets the trick play touchdown, and the running touchdown, per usual. Christian McCaffrey is that guy, great player. Malik Willis, guys, first start on Sunday, and you know, I wanted to compare Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett on this episode, we still might do that, but uh, it was tough stuff, because I thought if Malik Willis balled out on Sunday, I fully would have come on here and said Malik Willis was the right pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they want Kenny Pick instead. We're going to talk about that later, but Malik Willis, only 55 yards, an interception, 10 of 17, didn't really have to do that much, but they ran the ball through Derrick Henry against the Texans. If it's a better team, I want to see how Malik Willis plays. Not that much impressed by Malik Willis, but didn't really get an opportunity in my eyes. Malik Willis, that's my take. For the MLB, we got the World Series going on right now. Astros versus Phillies. Game three night on Tuesday. Game three was delayed last night. Philly fans, game five will be on Thursday night. Are you going to watch the Eagles play in Houston on Thursday night football? Or are you going to watch the Phillies game? Leave your answer in the comment section. I'm guessing it's going to be the Phillies. Or you're going to have a picture-in-picture screen right there. That's about for the news and MLB. Last thing the headlines in college basketball. A little nugget to throw at you right there for a college basketball special. Next week, we're going to preview all of college basketball. For the upcoming season, John Calipari says his national caliber team is not ready right now. He says we're not a top five team in the country right now, despite what the voters think. That's interesting stuff right there. That's John Calipari telling you, this is not my best team. John Calipari's best team was that 2015 team. Where they were undefeated all season long and they lose in the Final Four. What he said right there doesn't make me think they're going to make the Final Four, even though they have the National Player of the Year in Oscar Sheboy. Interesting stuff right there. That's about for the headlines this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, Schoolyard Sports NFL Game Day. If you're not familiar, we pick the top NFL games of the week, and I usually get perfect score. At least I wish I got perfect score all the time. We're going to get that perfect record this week. Let's hop into it. Chargers versus Falcons. Falcons are rolling right now. Marks Marietta, but the Chargers are angry. Justin Herbert's 4-3. and three. They're getting the dub. Give me the Chargers in Atlanta. Colts versus Patriots. You got Mac Jones, who could be the Colts starting quarterback next year. And you got Sam Ellinger. It's all blowing up the Indianapolis Colts right now. You fired Marcus Brady, your offense coordinator today. Frank Reich, it looks like he has one foot out the door right now. Matt Ryan obviously did not work out. You got Sam Ellinger, who didn't really play that great on Sunday. I got the Patriots in this one over the Colts, maybe even a blowout. Like how that Browns game went, where they just trounced them in that game. I got the Patriots win this one, like that Browns game, over the Colts. 
Bills versus Jets. Jets are surprisingly 5-3, but the worst 5-3 team in the NFL. Sorry, Seahawks, you got snuffed from that word. But uh, Seahawks are legit, my eyes. Bills get the win over the Jets. Bills, 6-1 in the season. They might be better than the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, one loss in the heat in Miami. So, Bills get the win over the Jets in this one. Vikings versus Commanders. The Taylor Heineke honeymoon ends right here. Vikings get the win with their top target now. One of the top targets, TJ Hawkinson, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. It's going to be a 1 p.m. game. Kirk Cousins gets the win. Raiders versus Jaguars. Jaguars, I think they played pretty well last week in London. Trevor Lawrence had that one bad play, that one bad interception. Trevor Lawrence has shown a lot of improvement this season after last season. Last season, they looked pretty terrible. So, I got... Jaguars winning this one over the Raiders. Raiders, what are you doing? Lose 24 0 to the New Orleans Saints? Not good right there. Jaguars beat the Raiders. Seahawks versus Cardinals. I got Seahawks winning this one over the Cardinals. They beat them earlier in the season, which was a bit of a surprise to me. Cardinals, you know, Kyler Murray, he can never win after Call of Duty is released. He lost last week and the new Call of Duty got released. He's going to lose this week. Seahawks beat the Cardinals in this one. Rams versus Buccaneers. Rams kind of own Tom Brady in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers era, at least. They beat them two seasons ago with Jared Goff. They obviously beat them in the playoffs last year. I think the Buccaneers want revenge. I think they get revenge right here if they can run the ball well. They let that game slip against the Baltimore Ravens. I think they win this one. Rams and always give a team as the Ravens of my eyes. Give me the Buccaneers bouncing back against the Los Angeles Rams. Titans versus Chiefs. Titans, I know they all shocked us this season with how they played after those first three games against the Bills and the Giants. But I think they lose this one here. I think they kind of get blown out. If it's Malik Willis, if it's Ryan Tannehill, we're going to see. I kind of hope it's Malik Willis because I kind of want to see Malik Willis get a test. But we're just going to wait and see. Chiefs get the win over the Titans. Ravens versus Saints. I've gone back and forth on this one. But I love Lamar Jackson, everybody. Lamar Jackson is such a good quarterback. Can't stop him. One of the best athletes to ever play the position. He can throw the ball well. He can run the ball amazing. Ravens over the Saints. That's about it for Scored Sports Game Day. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Okay, so right now, I'm going to be screaming on Mel Tucker in the Michigan State Spartans. Mainly Mel Tucker, though. Mel Tucker is the first person to get scored sports scream twice. He got it after the Washington game, and I get to now. Mel Tucker, congratulations. You get scored sports scream. Again, it was going to be the college ball playoff committee after this atrocious night. But now it's you, Mel Tucker. Let's do it. Break it down. 29-7 loss to Michigan. Okay, we all expected it. Mel Tucker loses his cool a couple times. Then, after the game... It was the most disgusting act I've seen in a while in football. It was terrible. It, was, it, it shouldn't be a part of the game. It shouldn't be a part of this world. What happened right there? You see Jamon Green, star Michigan defensive back. He's amazing. He started in 2020, 2021, 2022 now. But that's not the point. He breaks his nose and gets a concussion. Because at least five Michigan State football players jumped him. And that wasn't even the first video. The first video was J.D. McBurrows absolutely getting pounced on by 15 Spartans. Earlier in the night, after the game ended, you see Mel Tucker swinging at a Michigan fan. I heard it was a kid. That's messed up by Mel Tucker right there. At first, they only suspended four players. Now it's eight. But more need to be held responsible. It seemed like there are a lot more than eight players in that video. At least in both the videos. Jamon Green's going to be out for a while. He's got a concussion. Jaden McBurrows now has a broken nose. Those are two amazing defensive backs. And you said, oh, Jaden McBurrows started it. How did Jaden McBurrows start it? By... Running up the tunnel, celebrating, dapping up his fans after a win against their biggest rival that they haven't beaten in two years? You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to be happy. You're allowed to celebrate. Who cares if it's in front of Michigan State? 
And that wasn't even the reason. He sees Jamon Green absolutely getting beat up by them. And then he starts to help Jamon Green and they start attacking him. It might be four years in prison for these Michigan State Spartans. Helmet is a deadly weapon, I heard. And, you know, they put out a terrible press release. They said, go green at the end of all of it. You know, they said the health and safety of our student athletes, coaches, personnel, Spartan community remains our number one priority. That's by Mel Tucker right there. Mel Tucker deserves to be suspended, like I said. Can't be doing that. Can't be fighting fans. I got Paul Bunyan with you right me right now. Michigan brought Paul Bunyan back. I wish I could put a helmet on him right now, but I don't have that. Michigan brought Paul Bunyan back. Great to see that. I was in attendance. Great game. I was on, I mean, just a great game, guys. Michigan pounced on Michigan State. Running game was great. It's a disgrace that the College Ball Playoff Committee has them at number five. Behind Clemson. But we're going to talk about that later in College Ball Showcase. This is still about Mel Tucker. And I'm not letting you off the hook that easy. Disgusting act. He's not even a good college football coach. Mel Tucker is not a good college football coach. He was a fine defense coordinator at Georgia. Okay. He didn't even win a national championship there. Didn't even win an SEC. He won a one SEC championship, whatever. Then he goes to Colorado. They don't do much outside being Nebraska. He goes over to the Big Ten. And we think, oh, he's been great in the Big Ten so far. No, he hasn't. Mel Tucker, outside of Rutgers, his Michigan State Spartans have been outscored the most by any other Big Ten team. They've been outscored so much, second most in the Big Ten, since he joined the Big Ten. I mean, the first season, two wins. Last season, good season. This season, been terrible. Looks like Mel Tucker should be out. Biggest robbery of all time of $95 million. What a terrible contract that is. That deserves to be revoked with cause. Mel Tucker, control your players. Jacoby Wimden wasn't even one of the players initially suspended at first. He's one of their star players. Now they got lost starters suspended. Those two videos are terrible. Shouldn't be a part of the game. Shouldn't be a part of football. Don't even blame it on the tunnel. Every other game in Michigan football history has been okay with that tunnel. A little bit of a scuffle at halftime against Penn State. Okay, they're respectful after the game. James Franklin has a bone to pick with that. Who cares? It's James Franklin. But Mel Tucker, what are you doing? And even the Michigan players waited after the game to go into the tunnel. At least at halftime they did. They made the Michigan State players go first, and the Michigan players waited. That's disgusting about Michigan State. Disgusting about Mel Tucker. Like I said, we took Paul Bunyan home, but go blue. Go blue. Go Michigan. Mel Tucker deserves to be fired. Worst coach in college football. That's my take. That's about for Squirt Sports Scream this week. Okay, so now I get the chain off and don't my Mel Tucker rant. Mel Tucker, this isn't it. Let's move to our top five. This week's top five is my top five NFL hot takes. Top into it. Number five, Najee Harris isn't and will never be a top five NFL running back. He hasn't been so far at least last season. A little bit overrated in my eyes. A lot of people loved him, but I thought he was overrated. This season, I thought there was a chance he takes that Jonathan Taylor leap. That has not happened so far. Najee Harris has not been a good NFL player in his career so far, alas. He's been decent. Not good. Not top five caliber. I don't know why. I mean, I said preseason. Don't pick Najee Harris early in your fantasy football drafts. He's not that good. At Alabama, he was the number one recruit in the country. Almost went to Michigan. Went to Alabama. His freshman year, didn't really play much. Sophomore year, sitting behind Damian Harris. Come on. Junior year, didn't play very much. Senior year, that's when he broke out. Had a good season, they won the national championship. And everybody says, oh, he's the next great NFL running back because he had one good season in college. He was behind all those guys, behind Damian Harris, Bo Scarborough. What are you doing right there? Najee Harris will and will ever be a top five NFL running back, in my opinion. That's my fifth best hot take. Number four, Lamar Jackson is by far 
the most talented quarterback in the NFL. He's a crazy arm. You could argue his arm talent might be the best in the NFL. There's a lot of guys who can run like Lamar. I don't even actually. Lamar Jackson is the best scrambling quarterback in the NFL because he probably kind of brought scrambling to NFL. He was the first guy to really be a scrambler at heart. But Lamar Jackson can also spin the ball like crazy. Justin Fields is a good runner, but he can't spin the ball like Lamar. Lamar is the best runner in the NFL. He could have played running back. He could have played wide receiver. He could have played safety. He's playing quarterback for a reason. The arm talent is there. Everything is there. Lamar Jackson is the most talented quarterback in the NFL. Number four. Number three, Cal Shanahan is the best head coach in the NFL, despite what you might think. A.D. Reid could be up there. Bill Belichick could be up there. But as of right now, I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan. All-time Bill Belichick, obviously. Second most wins of all time. Congrats, Bill. But number three is Kyle Shanahan. The way he has designed runs for Christian McCaffrey. The way he's turned Jimmy Garoppolo into a good quarterback so far in his career. It's astonishing right there. If you give Lamar Jackson the keys to Kyle Shanahan's offense, the Super Bowl contenders for years to come. The drafting is there. It's just a well-rounded organization. Kyle Shanahan, number three. Number two, the Houston Texans are still the worst team in the NFL, still the worst run team in the NFL. You took a gander on Levy Smith, who was the head coach of Illinois, then he became your defense coordinator on a terrible defense last season. You say, hey, let's pick Levy Smith up as our head coach. Let's not go for anybody else. David Culley was fine. Who cares about David Culley having a few bad wins, a few bad losses? Who cares? That was a really rough roster last season. You should have let him ride it out. I think you thought you had a chance with Deshaun Watson, but you didn't. Texas is number two. It's a really terrible red organization right now. And number one, someone a lot of people are going to disagree with. My own brother disagrees with this one. That the Seattle Seahawks are going to get 10-plus wins this season, and they're Super Bowl contenders. You look at the record, I think they beat Arizona in Arizona this week. I think they lose the game to the Rams, but they win Week 18 in Seattle against the Rams. This is a good team. Stack the bottom. This is a playoff team. You got great defense. You even got great additions on defense. I mean, this is just... Tariq Woolen, I mean, one of the greatest defensive back rookies we've seen in a while. Barry Richard Sherman was. You got a good defensive line with Shannon Wosu. Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker. Had to torch me on back-to-back years, same days. October 30th, 2021, Kenneth Walker. Six touchdowns against Michigan. October 30th, 2022, he torches my New York Giants. So that's my take right there. Those are my NFL hot takes. Leave thoughts in the comment section. Now, did you know, this week's day no, it's a great one. Did you know, the last four times the Phillies have been in the World Series, so 1981, 2007, 2008, now 2022, the Philadelphia Phillies have had a delay or a rainout in Game 3. 2007, I think it was a delay. 2008 might have been delayed. 1981 was a rainout. And now 2022, we get another rainout. So that's crazy stuff right there. Every single time in the past 45 years, we could say, because I don't think Phillies made the World Series before 1981, I've been a rain out in game three. Didn't know that. Leave down in the comment section. That's about for Did You Know this week. I've debated these two players a lot in this show, so this can be a look back and then maybe a little bit of a look ahead. The two players I've debated so much of the show, and I've gone back and forth on it all the time. Or Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. I said pre-draft 2020, Justin Herbert is better than Joe Burrow. And he proved that in his rookie year, proved that most of the last season, and then Joe Burrow makes the Super Bowl. Now this season, Justin Herbert struggled a little bit. Joe Burrow's had two amazing games, but then some pretty god-awful games. 
So let's bring back the debate. Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert, the mobility comes there. The passing game comes there. He was great in college all four years. Joe Burrow in college didn't start until his last two years of college. Both guys were kind of under-recruited. Justin Herbert was about to go to Montana State, and Joe Burrow barely got into Ohio State on a scholarship. So Joe Burrow barely got an offer to Ohio State, and that almost didn't go to LSU because he wants to go to Nebraska, but they didn't want him. So Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? I think at this time right now, I mean, the correct answer has to be Justin Herbert because Joe Burrow has all the weapons in the world. And I think if you gave Justin Herbert all those weapons, because he's without Keen Allen right now, he's without Mike Williams, he's dealing with like Jalen Guyton. Remember that throw he had against the Giants last season to end the second half to Jalen Guyton? That was one of the best throws in NFL history. Joe Burrow has good ball placement, but not like Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, in my eyes, is the better quarterback than Joe Burrow. I went back on my Joe Burrow pick last year. I said Joe Burrow's better than Justin Herbert. I'm switching it again. Justin Herbert, I'm going back to my original thought. And this is going to be a debate for years to come. That's why I'm calling it a look ahead also. Because in 10 years, will both these guys still be in the NFL? Who's going to be the better quarterback? I'm going to say Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert wins the Super Bowl sooner than Joe Burrow does. Even though Joe Burrow just made one. That's my thoughts right there. Leave thoughts in the comment section. Who do you think's better, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? All right, everybody, it's here. College Football Showcase. And this week, we're going to do it different. The Schoolyard Sports College Football Playoff Rankings. We just saw the actual College Football Playoff Rankings made by the College Football Playoff Committee. And it was absolutely disgusting. They had Michigan number five. They had LSU number 10. Tennessee number one. We're going to break it down right here. Here's my College Football Showcase Schoolyard Sports first top 25 College Football Playoff era. So we did it last year with the college ball playoff. We had it's gonna be all different. Top six reveal something go 25 to 1 now, not 1 to 25. Let's hop into it. But 25, UCF. They played pretty well this season. You know, they have a couple tough losses in right there, but uh John Reese Plumley is playing like an amazing quarterback. 25, UCF. But 24, Grayson McCall and the Coastal Carolina. The shot the clears. They've been really good since Grayson McCall's freshman year. They almost went undefeated 2020 with the loss to Liberty and Malik Wilson in their bowl game. So Number 24, Coastal Carolina. Number 23, Texas Longhorns. Texas deserves to be ranked. Yes, they have three losses on the season, but it's not that bad. It's 5-3. and three. It's good enough. Texas, 23. 22, Arkansas. Arkansas had a really bad stretch of three losses. But three pretty good losses in my eyes. A two-point loss, Texas A&M, where if that field goal goes through, you win that game. But their kicker missed it. Next week against Alabama, you really have a shot that whole entire game. Then Jameer Gibbs turns to Nalva Kamara. Next week against Mississippi State, just a toss-up right there. Tough game by them. They're all injured. Lee Cornsby was the quarterback, not Cajun Jefferson. But with Cajun Jefferson healthy, this is an awesome team. Awesome team. Number 22, Arkansas. Number 21, Liberty. They were without Malik Willis for the first time in the Hugh Freeze era, and they've been amazing. One loss in the season, Liberty, number 21. Number 20, Washington. And actually, Liberty and Arkansas are matching up this week in Fayetteville. So I'll decide it right there. Number 20, Washington. The Huskies have been playing pretty well this season. I think Oregon State might even be playing better. But Washington, their offense is amazing. I don't know about their defense. They have two losses on the season, to UCLA and Arizona State, both by one possession. So I think if the defense just gets things clicking, you're a better team. But most of their wins are by one possession, except for that Michigan State game. Spartans are terrible. Washington, toss-up. If you make one bad drive, you might not win that game. That's why I'm concerned about them. Number 20, Washington. Number 19, Syracuse. 
Syracuse has just been pretty terrible this season. I mean, not pretty terrible, but pretty terrible the past two weeks. They started out being amazing with wins over Purdue, other great teams. They got close against Clemson. They should beat Clemson. And then they go up against Notre Dame in the Carrier Dome, which got dogged on pretty much. Absolutely destroyed by Notre Dame. Clemson and Notre Dame will be matching up this week. I don't think Clemson is that all great of a team, my eyes. But Syracuse, number 19, Garrett Schrader, Sean Tucker, one of the best running backs in America. I think they'll get things going. I think they might even finish out 10-2. Syracuse, 19. We're 18, Tulane, the green wave. Adam, we're 18. One of the best group of five teams all season, if not the best group of five team. We're 18, Tulane. We're 17, Penn State. Tough loss to Ohio State. You really had it going. And then J.T. Tiamalu turned into Chase Young, turned into whoever it might be. Two interceptions, one pick six, two sacks, a strip fumble, and that's why who? A defensive lineman. There you go. J.T. Tiamalu just been amazing for Penn State uh, for Ohio State. Kind of ruined that game for Penn State. Penn State had the lead early in the fourth quarter, and then kind of blew it. So Penn State, number 17. Number 16, the Fighting Illini, Illinois, Tommy DeVito, Chase Brown, Brett Bielema, this team's been awesome this season. We're 16, Illinois. We're 15, North Carolina, the Tar Heels. I've seen this team up in person. That defense is not there. Gene Chizik needs to get out after the season. But if the offense is on, if Drake May is clicking, this is an awesome team. Number 15, North Carolina. Number 14, Utah. It can go either way. If you don't get that two-point conversion against USC, you're done. You got blown out by UCLA, which I expected. You do terrible against mobile quarterbacks. Caleb Williams torched you. Dorian Thompson Robinson torched you. And Anthony Richardson obviously torched you. That's week one in the swamp, in the heat. I'm giving them the respect. Number 14, Utah. Number 13, Kansas State. What a game it was against Oklahoma State. I've been riding the Kansas State train all season from having them ranked preseason to now having them ranked at number 13. The loss to Tulane was tough. The winning against Oklahoma was amazing. The loss to TCU really shouldn't have happened. You go up 28 to 10, and they lose that game because of Will Howard getting hurt, because of Adrian Martinez getting hurt. Will Howard balled out Saturday to crushing Oklahoma State. Kansas State, number 13. 12, LSU. LSU is still a good team, guys. And I'm not valuing the head-to-head because I'm still going to have Ole Miss over LSU. LSU is a bad loss now to Florida State. They have a bad loss to Tennessee where they got blown out. I'm not valuing the head-to-head. You have two losses. I can't do it. I'm valuing Ole Miss over you. Ole Miss, number 11. LSU, number 12. That can change with the win in Baton Rouge against Alabama this week for LSU. Number 12, LSU. I already said Ole Miss, number 11. Number 10, USC. USC is a great squad, in my opinion, but it can go either way. Their defense is not always there. They had a terrible game on defense in Arizona this past weekend in Tempe. If they have a better defense coordinator in Arizona, maybe you win that game. Maybe Caleb Williams doesn't torture as much. Maybe you don't lose 45-38. Maybe you win that game 38-25, whatever it might be. I think the defense needs to get better for USC because they let Jaden Delore torch them all game. So USC, number 10. UCLA, number 9. One loss in the season, Oregon. In a tough game, tough environment, tough weather. UCLA got things going on offense, just couldn't really convert in fourth down. So UCLA, number nine. Eight, the Clemson Tigers, everybody. I'm not valuing Clemson one bit. I still think you beat Notre Dame this week, but I'm not valuing you that much. Over a team, week one, almost lose to Georgia Tech. I don't know. It, it, it disgusts me right here. How the college ball playoff committee has Clemson over Michigan. How they have Clemson in the top four. How they have Clemson in the top six. They shouldn't. Clemson almost lost to Syracuse. They almost lost to Georgia Tech. They let Florida State hang in with them. This is not a good Clemson team. This is not a good record Clemson team. Not a good schedule. Clemson, number eight. I'm passionate about that one. Clemson does not deserve to be that high. Number seven, Oregon. I'm putting a one-loss Oregon over an undefeated Clemson because Oregon has better wins and they have the best loss in the country, Georgia. I mean, not the best loss in the country, but that 
Lost to the best team in the country in Georgia. So Oregon, number seven. Okay, so now here's where we get into the real college football playoff contenders. The top six, the big reveal, we reveal the top two teams out and top four teams in. Let's do it. Number six, the first team out in my eyes is TCU. TCU, Max Duggan, they showed a lot to me last week with a win against West Virginia, and they can prove a lot to me more this week with a win against Texas Tech. Max Duggan, they've been playing great. TCU, number six. Number five, I got to put Al Daber right there. Yes, they've lost to Tennessee, but a close loss to Tennessee. 52-49, kicking woes are there. If Will Riker kicks better against Tennessee, you win that game. If he kicks better against Texas A&M, you win that game by two possessions. That's my thoughts right there on Alabama. Number five, Alabama. Now number four. I'm going to put the Ohio State Buckeyes right here in number four because you have a close win against Penn State. Michigan and Ohio State finally had mutual opponents. Ohio State had played Michigan State. Michigan played Michigan State this past Saturday. Michigan trounced, torched Penn State earlier in the season, and Ohio State played Penn State on Saturday. Ohio State looked pretty terrible against Penn State on Saturday until late that fourth quarter. Michigan beat up on Penn State all game. Ohio State beat Michigan State with the offense, but Michigan shut out Michigan State's offense in the second half. So the defense for Michigan played amazing against Michigan State, and the offense was pretty good against Michigan State, while Michigan's offense wasn't so much. Michigan's offense still scored on every possession. I don't think a lot of people are realizing that. They scored in every possession, but the last one where they just let the clock run out. But it's five field goals by Jake Moody, a 54-yard bomb. Still a great game by the Michigan Wolverines in my eyes. So that's why I got Ohio State number four and my Michigan Wolverines at number three. I still got my Michigan chain. Michigan, number three. Number two, the Tennessee Volunteers. And it doesn't really matter that much where the Tennessee Volunteers are placed right now because the team above them, the Georgia Bulldogs, they're playing this week. So Tennessee, number two. Number one, Georgia Bulldogs. Okay. You beat Oregon. You beat them 49-3. to I don't care what you have to say early in the season. Who cares? You have a close win against Kent State. Who cares? Woes are there. Everything like that. You trounce Florida on Saturday. Great stuff right there. You almost lost to Missouri, but that's Missouri. It's a frisky environment at night. You never know. You got a double-digit comeback win. So, I got Georgia, number one. That's about for my college ball showcase, top 25. Leave thoughts in the comment section. Okay, so I'm keeping Paul Bunyan up here with me for the rest of this episode. College ball showcase, hot takes, so, no Michigan in the hot takes this week. I still want to keep Paul up here for college football. Let's hop into it. First hot take, Maryland over Wisconsin in Madison. Wisconsin's favored by five and a half points because they beat down on Purdue. Maryland has lost to Purdue and Michigan. They almost beat Michigan. They almost beat Purdue. Maryland, very underrated, beats Wisconsin. Army beats Air Force. Last year, this was a neutral site game. I mean, it was in, I think it was at Globe Life Field for the Texas Rangers. Now, it's up in West Point. I think they win this one. Army over Air Force. And as Zeke Daniels is a good quarterback for Air Force. But you look at Army's schedule. They almost beat Coastal Carolina. They almost beat UTSA. They got killed by Wake Forest. But tough schedule so far for them. I think they get the upset win over Air Force on Saturday. Clemson crushes Notre Dame. I know we all have to say, Notre Dame, great win against Syracuse. But it's Syracuse. They have two losses on the season now. Notre Dame's best wins are against Syracuse and BYU. BYU is 4-5. Four 4-5. and, five. Four and five. This is a team we all thought was going to be the group of five independent college ball playoff team. No, no, no. This BYU team's been pretty terrible so far. Losses to Eastern Carolina, Oregon, Arkansas. 
not so great even Team Maz. Notre Dame, not so great even Team Maz. Yes, they had a good game last week. Not this week. Clemson crushes Notre Dame in their first game since 2015. Clemson, last four and a half. Oregon State pulls the upset on Friday night versus Washington. I think they do it. I think Oregon State, just too good of a team. Oregon State, the offense is there. I mean, they have a good better defense than Washington. Like I said, Washington gets that one possession game. You have one bad drive, the game might be over for you. So I think Oregon State, Nolan, their quarterback, good player. Jonathan Smith, great head coach. Kalen DeBoer, Michael Peak shooter. I'm sorry. Give me Oregon State on Friday night over Washington. Next one, LSU versus Alabama. I really want to pick LSU in this one. I really do. Because that just makes such a good scenario where LSU is the driver's seat for the SC Championship game, and they can be the first ever two-loss college football playoff team. But I don't see them winning this game. I see this game going super close. It seems like every time the game is in Alabama, the game is super close, like last year, like 2019 when they won that game. But what's in Baton Rouge, like in 2020 and 2018, the game's a blowout for Alabama. Alabama crushing LSU. We're going to have to wait and see in this one. Jane Daniels, good quarterback. I think this game is either a lot of points, not a lot of points. I'm going with a lot of points in this one, not really in the middle there. I'm going to go with a lot of points. Maybe take the over in this one. LSU, Alabama, a lot of points. Close game. Watch out, Bryce Young. Bryce Young, in road environments, has been terrible this season. You go up against Arkansas, he gets hurt, obviously, but up until that injury, had an interception, not playing so great. Texas, 70 yards going into that fourth quarter. Tennessee played well, but they still got the loss. We're just going to have to wait and see. Tough environment, LSU. Like, me fired up for this game. LSU-Bama, a lot of points. Close game. Bama edges out. Tigers. Next one, Sark era. Steve Sarkisian era at Texas. Hits his lowest point right here with the loss to Kansas State, everybody. I think Kansas State, too good of a team. Really good team. My Kansas State, when they're healthy, if it's Will Howard, if it's Will Adrian Martinez, whoever it might be, Deuce Vaughn, a great running back. This Texas defense won't be able to keep up with them. Quinn Ewers, terrible game, like we saw against Oklahoma State. They lost to Oklahoma State. We saw Kansas State team beat Oklahoma State 48 to nothing. So I'm taking Kansas State beating down on Texas. The Sark era. It's going to boil up right here. We're just going to have to wait and see. Kansas State beats Texas on Saturday. Close, though. Now, the game of the week. Georgia versus Tennessee. This is going to be my last hot take right here. So Georgia-Tennessee, the game of the week. In Athens, Georgia. I know we all love Tennessee. The hot shot offense. Princeton fit. Jalen Hyde. Cedric Tillman. Head did. Jabari Small. I love them too. But I don't think they're a college ball playoff team. I think they lose this week to Georgia. I think they lose this week to Georgia. Maybe 34 to 7. I think it's going to be a blowout. Stetson Bennett controls the game well. Brock Bowers, best tight end in America. Down on Washington Juniors and tight, great tight end. Kyrus Jackson, good player. Tennessee plays like Oregon plays. And Georgia crushed Oregon. I love this Tennessee offense. I hate their defense. I love this Georgia defense. I love their offense, too. Georgia is the most complete team in the country, the best team in the country. Georgia pounces on Tennessee on Saturday. That's about the College Bowl Showcase. Leave it down in the comment section. So now, at the buzzer. This week's at the buzzer is about the Cleveland Cavaliers. I remember saying last season how the Cleveland Cavaliers were going to be the nice NBA dynasty because they had Darius Garland, Karis LeVert, Isaac Okoro, Kevin Love, Evan Mobley. It wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. Now it's really a matter of when, not if. I think it happens. Kevin Love, I don't think he's going to be in the NBA in five years, but still a good player. Darius Garland, amazing point guard. Karis LeVert, 41 points the other night. Dalvin Mitchell, 41 points in the same game. 
That's Kyrie LeBron-esque when they were in Cleveland. Two great players. Dov Mitchell, Karasavur, and then you got Evan Mobley mixed in there. You got a great bench. Dean Wade, Isaac Okoro. I'm so happy about my Cleveland Cavaliers take. They're so fun to watch. They torched my New York Knicks on Sunday night. So fun to watch. It's an awesome team. Cleveland Cavaliers, you're my at the buzz this week. Hey, you're awesome to watch. Karis LeVert, Dov Mitchell, Darius Garland. They're doing without Darius Garland right now. Evan Mobley, it was the right move to give up Colin Sexton. Both teams looking like they're winning that trade right now. Awesome stuff right there in the NBA. Cleveland Cavaliers, playing great. That's my forgot the buzzer this week. Now, best of last, question day. This week's question day is, what did the college football playoff committee mess up most? Put an LSU at 10, put an LSU over Ole Miss, put in Michigan all the way at 5, Clemson number 4. I certainly think that's it. That's not even me being biased. That's just me talking facts. That's my question today this week. What did the playoff committee mess up most? Leave your answer in the comment section. That's about Squared Sports and Lake Frank, episode number 98. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram at Squared Sport. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter at Squared Sport. Follow Squared Sports on TikTok at Squared Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review for the best sports content in the world. We'll see you back here next week, episode number 99, and then close to episode number 100. Stay tuned.